Hi there, it's editor and producer Maya here again. I just wanted to say a few things before this week's episode begins. So in this episode, we discuss a lot about mental health and anxiety. So if those types of things could trigger you, I would recommend skipping this episode. Secondly, we discuss a lot about coping mechanisms in this episode. I would just like to note that nothing we discuss today is medical advice. And in the show notes, we've included links to mental health services and places where you can find information regarding these sorts of things. Now, let's let the episode begin. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Freya, what are we doing today? We're giving you advice for exam stress. And I know this is not relevant. It is still relevant because we're still in the middle of the exams. But when this comes out, we're only going to have two exams left or something. Whilst it's not relevant for our year group, maybe. It's going to be relevant for your group to leave us. And I just think it's an important thing to talk about, an important resource to have on the podcast. Also, you guys might just like to hear us talking about how we've been feeling and stuff. Like, just a, just a little yeah, bit of fun. It's because we're so relevant and everyone just wants to know how we're feeling all the time. All right, Freya, don't big up yourself this time. That was satire. Please don't take me seriously. Okay, Maya, mm-hmm. you had an experience today and I would like you to share it because it is an important experience to share. Okay, I have a part-time timetable, which basically means that I only have to come into school for exams now. So do I. Because I'm a nervous wreck, and so is Freya. So (laughs) we can leave at whatever time we want, which is good, because that means we're less stressed. But today, when I was checking out of school, because we have to check in and out so that the school knows when we're leaving and when we're not. When we, well, sorry, when I checked out today... There were a group of boys standing behind me because there's usually a queue after the exam because so many people are leaving. And they fucking were like mumbling to themselves. And what year were they? Our year. I know who they are. Really? They were our year and they were mumbling to themselves. And then they said, Oh, look, it's a queer while pointing at me. How fucking crazy is that? And in front of everyone, like the fucking nerd. Yeah, in front of both the reception staff and the like loads of other kids. And what the fuck do they do? Nothing. They do nothing. Yeah, the school just seems to not care. So, uh, but I'm I at that point I was so tired just because I get tired from exams that I was like I'm not gonna confront them. I'm just going to leave now. Yeah, you're. It's better off that way sometimes. Obviously, you need to stand up for yourself sometimes. But other times when it's after an exam and well, I just wanted to go home, yeah. And if you say something, sometimes it's just going to egg them on. You're not going to make an impact in that situation after also, an exam. Remember, these were a group of six boys. I didn't want to get fucking jumped. Exactly. Literally, fuck them. Fuck them yeah. and fuck their homophobia and fuck them. them. Yeah. Okay. So, talking about exams and part-time tables, we wanted to start off this episode by talking to you a little bit about our experiences with anxiety and exam stress before we give you advice yeah why don't you why don't you introduce and what's been happening in your life in terms of exams okay i'm gonna start from the beginning so from the start of this year it's been a stressful year obviously and we've touched on that in the podcast so far but i had anxiety before the exam started i've had an anxiety disorder for literally since I can remember and it showed itself in different ways throughout my life so it began with Sunday anxiety I don't know if you ever got this but 
I would always feel anxious on a Sunday. Like, oh my God, I felt so anxious on a Sunday because I just knew it was coming. Yeah. And school was never really that bad, but it was just the Sunday before that whole day would be ruined for me just because I was so anxious to go to school. And that was during primary school and maybe year seven. And then I grew out of it and it became more anxiety surrounding exams and just the pressure mm-hmm. that the teachers put on us anyway. And then in year 11, it all got heightened. And I had a mental break in around November time, November, December, January time. I wasn't in school for the whole of January because my mum wouldn't allow me to go into school. How yeah. sad that came up? So I, so my anxiety would manifest itself in different ways. At first it was just noticeable anxiety. But as it became more subtle and subconscious, I would just get really physically ill. So obviously you have fatigue and stuff, but I would get these migraines that were just like demobilizing. Like I could get out of bed, like my head hurt, my eyes hurt. I couldn't really do anything. And I would just get these normally at the end of every week. So every Friday, Mm. just because of the week just came down on me, like I would normally get them from Friday afternoon. So after lunch at about half two, half one, I would just start feeling this headache and I would just knew, I just knew it was coming on. Like I knew I would get this migraine and I just would not be able to open my eyes by the end of the evening. And it would always manifest itself in that way. And then one morning I woke up and I was just like, I've still got this headache. I can't get rid of it. That This was about midweek. So was, they were coming on earlier than at the end of the week. And so my mum was like, I'm not sending you in today and we're going to figure out how to fix this. So a lot of doctor's appointments, I've got a diagnosis, I'm on medication now. And yeah, so a lot of fighting with the school as well, because I wasn't in for about a month, the whole of January. And then I started coming back to school and it was in and out. Also, I want to add, I was never someone that was allowed off of school because of my anxiety. Every time I would get Sunday anxiety that I just remember in the morning specifically, I was driven into school and I was sat in the car and I just could not get out of the car because of how anxious I was. I was, I got up and I started walking and then I just started crying and I got back in the car and I had to sit down, but my mum still made me go in. And that kind of shows how bad I got. In January, just because it was that bad that I was, <laughs> my mum was mm-hmm. not allowing me to go into school. And I am really grateful for the fact that she kept pushing me when I was younger because it teaches me not to let my anxiety beat me. But then there are times where it is literally making me physically ill that I just can't keep pushing it anymore. And when you keep pushing it and pushing it, sometimes it does just get worse. So yeah, I took a break and I was coming into school when I felt like I was able to and my anxiety started getting better. I was receiving cognitive behavioral therapy for a eight-week course and that helped a lot to get me back into school and yeah thankfully I had some good teachers a lot of good support and a great mum because she would not let them walk all over us like we had so many shout out to Freya's mum literally shout out to my mum because I remember we came into the school and there are a lot of teachers that were like we'll start her off by coming into school every day and my mum was like you know what we're starting off with? She's not coming into school at all. This is where we're starting. And she would not let them walk all over us, basically. So, yeah, 
I'm so grateful for that because without that, I probably would have, I don't know what would have happened, but. Something yeah. bad, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, as the exams have come on, obviously the anxiety has increased again, but I feel like I've learned a lot from this year and I feel like. I have a lot of advice to give to maybe people who experience the same thing and feel alone. So what's your story with anxiety? I definitely have a lot less anxiety than you, but I still think I have enough for it to be like considered and actually talked about on this podcast. So a lot of my anxiety I feel was probably caused by my gender dysphoria and my obviously transgenderness. Yeah. And I think when it came to school, it all started to begin around year eight. I had moved school to the one we're at just now after mm-hmm. a pretty bad bullying experience during year seven at my old school. And while I was bully free at the new school, I still just felt out of place. I felt constantly uncomfortable in lesson, in my uniform, especially just because of yeah. that gender dysphoria, it, to the point that I just was so frustrated that I would just go home and cry for a considerably long time just because of all the weight that the school they had put on me but at least through year eight and eight I, I don't think I had any absence I think that was my only school year in which I stayed every single day which is actually really surprising yeah as soon as COVID hit in year nine things got pretty rough And I think for a lot of other people, it did. COVID specifically didn't affect me, but obviously my mental health had became a lot more of a larger problem in my life just to just due to the fact I was obviously coming out. And there was a lot of changes in my life, including even changes to my medication. And that was obviously putting a big weight on me and my expectations for myself. And as we started to go back into school, in year 10 I think the fact I was still closeted within school made me just hate it like absolutely detest having to come into school like I was every time I woke up I know this is completely uncensored but literally every time I woke up during year 10 I thought to myself I literally want to die like I would rather die than go to school today because you had to be someone you weren't you had to go into school and be someone you weren't it was just so uncomfortable. It felt like I was dying every, like, a waking moment I was in school. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Year 10 was not a nice experience for me. However, even then, I somehow managed to keep myself in school for roughly, like, 80 or 90% of the time, which isn't very good by normal standards. But for my <laughs> standards, that's personally quite good. Yeah, for sure. And what about year 11? Year 11 is as when it hit a wall. <laughs> to to use simpler terminology, the shit hit the fan. So despite the fact that I had came out and I was feeling a lot better about myself, I suddenly realised that because of all this pressure that was being put on us due to exams, I literally couldn't be in school every single day. Like it would have killed me. So I ended up to understand the fact that, that I am. teachers have that we just don't want to work that's why we're taking time off they assume every child that has bad attendance just doesn't want to work and I think that's so wrong because yeah like you said every time I was allowed a day off I would feel this insane pressure to catch up on all the work I missed that day 
especially for subjects like science and maths, I would literally sit at my desk and cry. I would open my computer and I would just start bawling my eyes out just because it, it just felt impossible. Like it, it just everything felt so impossible to complete and get done. And you had this time limit, how like long you could spend on it because if you go back tomorrow and you haven't done it, you feel so far behind because everything in year 11 is so fast paced. You have to keep up. And I think that pressure just became completely unmanageable. Yeah, I think when it came to year 11, I genuinely do not understand the immense amount of pressure they put on us. I think it was almost dehumanizing in a way. The fact that I don't even think they realized that this would really be hurting us. I just think I've never heard this before. And I have like loads of people, relatives and friends that are older than me. And I'd never heard of them talk about the pressure that is put on you in year 11 like I know it's a hard year obviously because it's the year before your exams but I had never heard of it being this bad and this intense so I just assumed it was because of COVID and because they knew so little about what we had to do or what our exams were going to be I thought that's why they were putting the pressure on us but I don't know maybe it was just every year and people just don't talk about it after they leave year 11. Yeah but I also would note that the way the government system works on this is that every year the exam becomes even harder. Yeah. So even if someone is 10 years older than you, they took immensely easier exam than we have. Yeah, I think that making it harder just makes zero sense. It makes zero sense because we're the same capabilities as the years above us in our position. Like, why are they making it harder for us? For, for no reason we're exactly the same capability as everyone else who's been 16 years old yeah um sorry i got brain block for a sec no it's okay you can't re-ask that question it was just more of a rant i think i'll never understand why they kept moving a level content from, i know yeah kept moving the a level topics to gcse maths i don't think i'll ever understand that like the fact we have to use an a level calculator to do our math calculator tests why is no one talking about that? Yeah, it's really scary what they're doing to the system. But yeah, anyway, that's our little two cent. That's what we've been through. Now we're going to move on to the advice from our experiences through this year. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start or shall I? I can, I'm happy to start. Yeah, go on then. Okay, so my first piece of advice is to listen to yourself and learn the ways your anxiety affects you so it's easier to identify when you are burnt out. What I mean by this is being aware of your anxious thoughts. That's learning if, if you're like me and you compare yourself to other people's grades, for example. You have to be aware that maybe you feel after, you comp after you've asked someone what their grade was, knowing that they get good grades, if you know that you go home and think, shit, like my grades are not like theirs, be aware of that thought. If you find yourself anxious after you've talked about grades with people for a whole day, realize that maybe that's the reason you're anxious. Maybe the comparison of grades makes you anxious. So notice that maybe that's something you should not do in the future because that gives you an anxious thought. I think... Um... One piece of advice that I've learned is don't don't feel steered away from taking time off school because 
even though they make it sound like every single day is worth so much, it really won't affect you to just take some time off. And I think your mental health obviously takes the most priority. It should take the most priority in your life. So don't feel obliged to come in, even if you're like on the verge of tears, like it's really not worth it. Because if you're feeling awful, you will your performance in your exams will not be as good as if you're feeling good. Yeah. And I think also we're very lucky that we have, you know, parents that are allow that notice the impact of mental health and take it seriously and allow us that time off. And I know for a lot of people that is not a reality. So what I would suggest to you is when you get home from school to not do anything because the whole day you do at school is enough revision. You don't need to come home and then do revision on top of that. Don't blame yourself for needing to take a break when you're doing your best and that is enough. Doing your best is going into school, even if you feel like absolute shit, but you're forced to go into school, get through the day and come home and just rest. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah, I've touched on not comparing yourself in just any circumstance. Don't compare your grades to anyone because everyone is experiencing different things. Everyone is at a different level. Everyone, you know, may have different levels of anxiety. Everyone has different attendances. Everyone has different abilities and everyone goes through the education system entirely differently. We know that the education system is so closed and that it only, you know, works for some people. So if people get a really good grades, that's great. The education system's working for them, but for so many people, it doesn't. And people don't learn in the way that the education system is set up. So comparing your grades to someone else's is just completely unrealistic and it's an unrealistic standard to hold yourself to but I also know that's much easier said than done again just try be mindful of what makes you anxious and be just be aware of when you are anxious don't try and fight the thoughts just be aware of them yeah I think that's really important and if you're currently struggling I would definitely use this information to reflect on that yeah for sure and yeah, another thing like you touched on, at our school anyway, they hold assemblies all the time on attendance. Oh, it's so disgusting, <laughs> isn't it? It's honestly, it is, I would expect that probably most schools do this as well. But our school especially has a bit of an attendance problem right now. So they hold these really bad seminars where they basically go, ready for this? Every day that you take <laughs> off school, that is six lessons. That is six hours of learning that means if you were to take a week that is 30 lessons lost that is 30 hours of learning you are losing and these stats say that 30 hours of learning is a whole GCSE grade lost so don't be ill kids yeah that's pretty close to the message they send but it's awful because it makes you feel so shit if you're people like us who have to take time off because of your issues but then simultaneously work from home and yet they make it sound like you're the bad guy in it exactly you can be working your ass off at home but they still count it as a day off and a day lost of learning it's the assumption that every kid who is not at school is just sitting on their ass and is in bed and just doesn't want to go to school that is so untrue like it is so horrible that they put that thought into your head because then you feel like whatever you're doing is never good enough you feel like you could be doing so much and it's just never good enough 
and even the stats aren't true because you'll yeah. find that you'll find that homeschooled kids actually do a lot better than center educated kids and that really says something why do you think that is because those kids are allowed to take their own learning journey and they can spend as much or as little time as they want on things and i think that's really powerful in learning that you have your own direction i agree i think the independence that they're enabled is like whilst it wouldn't work for some kids i understand that but it allows you to take responsibility and I think that would have worked so much better for me. There was a time in like year nine where we had that whole year basically in lockdown or that whole summer. I personally considered it. I was like, this is good. Like I'm learning a lot more than I did when I was actually in school. Yeah, we did. I did consider like homeschooling or online schooling just because I was so much happier and everything felt so much easier and I was doing so well and keeping up with the work. But I think... One thing that I didn't touch on is seasonal affective disorder, which I talked to my doctors about because the lockdown that we had in the summer was very different to the lockdowns that I experienced that we had in winter. Totally. Summer lockdown was heaven. It was beautiful outside. We get to just laze around and oh my God, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I think... Winter lockdown though was... (laughs) horrific i do not think i left the house for about three weeks yeah summer lockdown i would get up early i would go to bed at a decent time literally I'd do my work in three hours and then i just spend the whole afternoon outside painting or reading or just lying in the sun or going on walks or going on bike rides life was so simple but i just think when the winter one came along i realized how shit everything is because i i would just move from my bed to my desk every day i'd wake up i'd go and sit on my chair i'd open my computer maybe i'd cry i just got to a point where i just would not i just completely shut myself off from feeling that and i doubt anything i actually learned because it was that pressure to keep up with it like we had to keep up with it in those conditions we literally weren't allowed to leave the house and The weather outside was horrendous. It was Mm. cold. It was dark. It was miserable. And I think that definitely affected the anxiety levels. Yeah, I definitely would agree with you that my productivity in the summer lockdown was so much better than it was in the winter one. Yeah, I just remember not really. I don't remember it. Like, I genuinely, it's a blank spot in my head just because of how rough it was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, another piece of advice I have for you is whilst we have been talking about the pressure of attendance and stuff, these grades do not define you or who you are. And they, in the grand scheme of things, do not have at all a big impact on how well you do in life. Yeah. And I would also just like to say that I know it may suck to even think about the idea of retaking, but if it does go awful, like there is no shame in just redoing it. Exactly. Like we've seen so many people redo it and it really does not seem that bad. Like whilst grades are important and you should be striving to pass and all that kind of stuff, 
if you really feel to the point where we did, like where I would just open my computer and just have a fucking breakdown, you are not in a position to be learning. You are not in a position to be taking any more information in and you need to rest. And just remember to put things into perspective. Like they do not define you. These grades do not define you. And there are so many people that are so successful and probably didn't even graduate high school. I can name so many people mm. that are successful like, without their grades. A lot of people forget that people like the owner of Facebook literally didn't finish college. Like <laughs> education does not define you. And some of our most successful people actually didn't pass their education. Yeah. Like you think about the Jenners and the Kardashians, like they are fucking billionaires. And what did their SATs results lead to? Nothing. Like whilst these grades are important for your next step, like getting into college or getting into sixth form or getting into university, they are not going to be the be all and end all of whether you have a good life or not. No matter what your teacher says, I don't give a fuck what your teacher says about pressure or whether these grades are the be all and end all of your life. They are not. You can ask any adult what they got for their GCSEs and they probably won't even be able to tell you because they, it just matters that little. And this isn't your sign to just go and fail all of your GCSEs. Please don't do that. But it is, this is your sign that do not worry. There is no need to worry. Don't let the pressure that you're pushing on, that they're pushing on you affect you. Yeah. And I think if you're worried about how it looks on your CV or when you're applying to jobs and stuff, your CV is made up not just of your grades, but of your experiences and the things you've achieved. Like, for example, this podcast could go on a CV and it would look fucking amazing. It would probably look better than whatever, like, shitty grade I get for maths or science. Like they doing DAV or something. Exactly. I was the host of a podcast for a year. What, and you did a DAV challenge? Come on. Which mm. one's better? I think it's just about showing your individuality and showing that you're passionate about something and that passion manifests itself into a project or an event that you're holding or anything like just make it happen and then you can put it on a cv and that shit looks good too it doesn't just have to be grades yeah totally agree okay and finally my final piece of advice if whilst okay i know that Therapy is not super accessible for a lot of people. It's expensive. And to be honest, a shit ton of people don't believe in it, which is crazy. So if you're in a position where your mental health is really bad, but you're actually unable to get therapy, my advice would be to start a journal. Mm -hmm. Now hear me out. I totally agree, yeah. <laughs> Journaling is like annoying like when people say you should really try journaling it's like annoying because it's difficult to keep up with a journal and when I started my journal it was annoying and I was like oh, I really don't want to write in my fucking journal tonight <laughs> but how I started was just writing about random shit that happened in your day and then when you have a day where you think where like you're looking back on it and you're thinking wow Today is actually so good. Or someone gave you a compliment that you loved and now you have it in written form that you can go and look back on or maybe you had a really shit day. It's good to be mindful of the way you existed that day. It's good to remember all the things that happened because it keeps you mindful and it keeps everything in perspective. So if you're going through a hard time like during exams, it's good to write down everything that you're feeling because it makes it easier to understand 
how you're feeling because you're putting it into words and also it makes it easier to understand your anxious thoughts which help with everything else we've already said because if you're able to identify your anxious thoughts you're able to understand them better and not tackle them but live aside them and then you're also able to know your triggers as well which can help massively yeah and i'd also just like to remind everyone that you may be able to access therapy through the nhs if you're currently living in britain i'll probably leave some link in the show note if you're interested in that it's open for everyone so maybe worth looking into this if you're struggling but definitely would like to remind everyone that none of this is medical advice this is just our personal opinions on things yeah for sure i also think that cognitive behavioral therapy really helped me get back to school as well and we can definitely leave a link i'll send you a link for the place that i used because it was free and definitely i'm in not in a financial my family's not in a financial position to be spending a load of money on therapy it's just not accessible for us in that way but they really it was like once a week for eight weeks I spoke to someone about my anxiety and he really helped me get back into school and at first I was like oh I don't want to hear the same shit again how's your anxiety today on a scale of one to ten all that red amber green like how's your it's like all that bullshit it feels like a little bit immature but just to have someone that listens to you and takes you seriously is so important Mm -hmm. yeah We'll definitely, yeah, definitely check the show notes for all the resources we're talking about today. Full show. Okay, what's our time? I tried, I tried doing journaling for a while, but I honestly just couldn't keep up with it. I'll probably retry that. I've been thinking about it recently. To be honest, it sounds dumb, but I'm just like egotistical. I would love reading back on my old journals just because I was so interested in myself and what I was doing like five years ago. So when I would find an old journal, I would read it and it was so entertaining. So I've started so many different ones and stuck things in it and taken photos and printed them out and stuck them in. Like I just try and make them as interesting as possible so that when I'm older, I can look back. But then that kind of became a problem in itself because it was like I would cringe at myself when I was young. Like I would read stuff back and I'd be like, oh, I'm so cringe. So when I was writing in this journal, it was like a rose tinted view of whatever was actually happening because I just didn't want to be older and cringing back at my like 15 16 year old self but I think it's remembering what you're actually journaling for and just trying to be in the moment like just like recalling the day is just such a mindful thing to do I think it's like something everyone should at least try but yeah, um, my advice to starting a journal would be to just write about the little things that happened in your day. Even if it's just like, today I went to school, I had this and this lesson. I don't like this lesson because this happened in it. And I don't like this teacher because this happened. And that's it. Like, even if it's just... I've considered making my own private podcast where I little, do record a little audio bite, maybe five or ten minutes every day. Because I can definitely articulate myself better through audio rather than writing in some cases. And it's also a lot quicker. So I feel like maybe that's something I may do now that you've inspired me. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting alternative to just a handwritten journal. Remember, guys, all your phones have voice notes apps. You could just leave a little note for yourself every single day. That's so cute. I think I just prefer having a hard copy because then I'm going to take it on all my holidays this year. It's just going to be really nice to have that journal with me and then I can look back on the journal of 2022 because I start a new one every year. Oh, that's really cute. 
Do you want to know something embarrassing? And also us listeners, sorry, the listeners can also hear this. I used to do this thing where every time I was really obsessed about something, I would start recording a voice note and just rant about it. Like upset when you're upset, you just... Yeah, when I'm like properly upset, like crying. Really? And listening back, it is so funny. Because I'm just thinking, oh, you little shit. Why were you laughing? At, why are you crying about that, you fucking idiot? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that was fun. I have a notes app. At, well, obviously, I have, a notes, I have a notes like document or whatever. Just full of rants or texts I've wanted to send people but didn't because. Oh, same. Jesus Christ, same. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you find it easier to talk rather than write. Why do you think I'm going into podcasting for- yeah, I Audio is really... one of my favourite mediums. Yeah, I've never really thought about exploring that. But I remember before we went into, before I went into the school we're at now, we had to do this little test to find out how we best learn, like whether it's oh visually. Oh God, I did that test. <laughs> whether it's visually or kinesthetically or all that stuff. And I actually was like kinesthetic, which I think is listening. You'll never guess what, I got equal. I got every single one equal. I was a balance. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. I just remember everyone wanting to be a visual learner and I was just there with my like kinesthetic guy. Why did everyone want to be visual? Anyway, that's not the point. I think that is a wrap for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, thank you for listening and be sure to turn on notifications. That's right. We're going to give you five seconds. You're going to go onto your app and you're going to oh press the notification Lord. bell. Five. <laughs> Four, Four, three, two, one. One. Okay, perfect. That is it for today. And remember, all the information down in the show notes. If you feel like someone could use this, share it around. Ready? Share it around. Share it around. And leave five stars. Leave five stars on Spotify, Apple, we're everywhere. Just send it through and it will really help us spread the podcast around. Hope you guys have a really nice weekend. Thank you very much.